Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Narwhals, episode 24. My name's Drew Wilson. Kieran Flanagan. And we are joined today by Michael Jackson. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. So, um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing? Just like a brief overview of what you're doing, where you're at. Yeah, so so I'm a a programmer slash entrepreneur. Uh, I run my own business currently called React Training. We go around the world training people about uh, React.js, which is a JavaScript framework for doing a lot of front-end web development and even native stuff as well. So um, so I've been running that company now for about two years. Uh, recently uh, transplanted down here to Carlsbad with my family about uh, nine hey, months ago. Here's the worst. No. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing Drew talks about is how bad Carlsbad is. That's that's my that's my mantra. Yeah. Never come here. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it really is a it it's it's a it's kind of a secret though, right? It's yeah. it's it's a pretty well kept secret. Um I always heard I had a good friend Dan Petty uh, I was in business with a couple of years ago and he always said my heart is in North County San Diego and I was like what does he mean by that? And when you get down here you really you find out yeah. why. Where's that guy? Is he coming? Is he moving back? I don't know. Um he always says he is, so we'll see. I guess that's what he means when his heart that, is here. Everybody, he, you just constantly say that you're going to move back. He mm-hmm. gets on Twitter every every two months and like complains about, I don't know what I'm doing. San Francisco rents are so crazy. That, yeah. And we're always like, Dan, come on. Come yeah. on down. Yeah. No, it's, it's good here. It's good here. So you, uh, But you just like permanently set roots here, huh? Yeah, we did. We just bought a home uh, just over by the new high school, Sage Creek High. So we're pretty excited about that. We've... You know, we've it's actually our first first time buying a home. So we've never oh, actually wow. owned before. We've been super simple process. <laughs> Especially being <laughs> self-employed. <laughs> yeah, super right? easy. Yeah. Self-employed, they're like uh, they're like, "Oh, you don't work for somebody." Well, in that case, they love that. We're going to need, you know, we want to know all the tattoos that you have on your body. We want to know We like, need a locket of hair from when you were born and <laughs> names of the people who tattooed them. Yeah. <laughs> And their background yeah. checks. We, we want to know everything about you. So, I mean, I, I, I'm already approved for my loan, and they still want more information. So I'm going to have to work that out. It's but intense. yeah, it's, it, it was really intense, but I'm just glad we're, we're through with it. And, and we're, we're finally putting down some roots. You know, that feels good after renting for so long. Yeah, definitely does. What, um, give me the over-under line on Google results page number. If you're someone who were to search for you, that you'd show up <laughs> like your first result. I always tell people I'm the ungoogleable man. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. cannot Google me. You can't try it. Hundreds, yeah. thousands, just searching your name. You can't imagine how depressed I was as a, as a young geek yeah. to learn that I was never going to be able to own my MichaelJackson.com. Right? You know, yeah. It was not just not in the car. You know, At least though, you're not Michael Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you search Michael Jackson space Twitter. First result. No. That's pretty good. Yeah. No way. I think I've done it before. I I remember the day day Michael Jackson died. I wasn't even really into Twitter back then. What was it? 2008, 2009, I think. Is it that long ago? I I gained. Gangsta, I just did it. You the first result, (laughs) man. I I gained 2,000 Twitter followers the day Michael Jackson died. On accident? It, just because people were like, oh my gosh, Michael Jackson's dead. Hey, look, this guy's named Michael Jackson. Follow him. <laughs> they just flocked to you. They're like, I need some Michael Jackson to follow. He must be I never, similar. I never followed him while he was alive. Let me follow him while he's, now that he's dead. <laughs> oh, wait. I am so incredibly wrong. 
The first result is Michael Jackson. I don't know why I assumed it was oh, you, but it's, it's Michael bro, Jackson. Oh, come on. You set <laughs> Wait, me up for that. Like you, you did that on purpose. No, I didn't. You just wanted to dash my dreams. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. That's but so you cool. are on the first page. Your result, like, number five. So. All right. All right. Usually, if you search for M. Jackson, because mm. I've, I've fought tooth and nail to get that username yeah. everywhere, so it's on GitHub or Twitter or whatever, yeah. you can find me that way. You should. Do you have KieranFlanagan.com? Uh, I do. Okay. You just yeah, nobody it. else can take that. Yeah. I think I do. I mean, I think it just Have you ever looked at Kieran.com or anything like that? I think I have looked into it. it? And I've only recently started because I've been using the, the Aliox handle for a decade. So I don't even know what it means or where. It doesn't mean anything. Like, I just made it up. That's I thought, brilliant. I thought the letters looked cool together. That's, That's literally how the entire reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, everybody always asks what it means. I'm like, nothing. Yeah. Then they ask, how do you pronounce it? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. That, that's a that's such a great move though. You know, that's such a great move to come up with sort of an alternate identity yeah. that you just invent out of thin air that is totally your own thing because you can you can do whatever you want with it's, that. Yeah, you know? the, I've gotten cuz I've just recently like past couple of years started thinking like, all right, is it time to ditch this? Like should I just go back to the K- Kieran and just be be my name like but everybody I bring it up to is like, "No." Yeah, everybody yeah. who operates under their name yeah. as like their, you know, photography business or whatever, they're like, "No, I would give anything to go back 5 years and not name it after myself." I mean, you're essentially no longer bound by the name that your parents gave you. You yes. have broken free of those Take chains that. and you <laughs> now have infinite possibilities. I would never go back if I had if I had something like that. Yeah, I uh, decision made. Yeah, decision made. When I was when I made up the name Valley, it was the same reason. I was just like in Illustrator putting letters next to each other, like whichever is the best. And so I was like, someone asked me at at every Valley Con, I guess, like, what's it mean? And I was someone asked me while I was up emceeing, and I was like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. And some guy came up to me afterwards. He's like, hey, actually, it means something. Um, Gosh dang, I'm gonna forget the language. Um, But one of the Maybe it's Finnish, not Finnish. I don't know. It's one of the languages up there. Um, he's like, oh, actually, my language, that means champion. Wow. No. It does. That's Looked sick. into that. Yeah. So I was like, well, dang, man. Well, I, that I, was on purpose. Obviously planned it. <laughs> yeah. Because I speak Finnish. Yeah. As a exactly. matter of fact. Yeah. I don't think it was Finnish, but yeah. <laughs> it does. Speaking, have you been? Have you been to Finland? You've been traveling like crazy. I've not just been to Finland. I was just, I was just next door to Finland. I was in Stockholm, Sweden last week for a couple of days doing a, a training workshop for a company up there. Yeah, it's very cool. And you said Melbourne? Melbourne too? Is yes. That- the two weeks prior, I was in Melbourne, Australia. That one was pretty cool, actually. That one was a public workshop. Was that your first time to Oz? Uh, second time. Okay. I'd been last summer as well to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um so that was, this this trip was pretty cool because we did some work for the largest real estate website in Australia, realestate.com.au. Uh, we trained a bunch of their people, and they had some extra space, so we were actually able to uh, sell 20 extra seats to the public. So that was cool, too. So we had people from a lot of other, uh, you know, seek.com.au, which is like a job-seeking website, but a couple of other websites um, came to that training as well, so that was cool. I wonder what it's like, like if you're a developer designer in Australia and, like, you're in the one of like four countries that got hosed where you have the dot com plus the oh yeah the country extension after it. Yeah. It's like, man. Do they still not have a top level domain? Like the like UK, a, I don't think there's any dot UK still. It's still dot co dot UK. And yeah. and that's so weird because the dot yeah. co had always been Columbia when, when all the stuff first came out. Mm. And the UK had dot co dot UK. So I was like, I was always wondering, like, why is it .co.uk, not .com.uk? Like, yeah. Hmm. I, it's for, so weird. For what it's worth, for the people that I've talked to, 
it, it seems like they don't even care or notice. Oh yeah, you know, it'd be just like normal. It's yep. just normal. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I'm just like saying, it's just unfortunate. As an American, that seems. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just unfortunate that back then the internet gods yeah. decided to make it so totally long. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, because you got to have the dot com, right? Yeah. But but it's not in the U.S. So yeah. let's put our country on the end, and then we'll. <laughs> should we put our country on? That the end? makes nope. Sense. Yeah, because dot Canada has always been like dot ca. We should just start using dot com dot us here. Dot com dot com dot us. Everyone would be crazy. Legit. Yeah. So okay, so you do React training. Yep. What um, what are some of the uh, I don't know what are some of the things that are challenging around that. Uh, like you mentioned before, like React is it's the new coolness yeah. JavaScript framework. Um, but what are some of the challenges around trying to train people and groups of people? Yeah, well, so there's, I, I would say that the challenging part isn't so much the the training. I mean, training in general as a discipline or teaching is always kind of difficult just because whenever you get into a classroom full of people, you've got a lot of people who are towards the sort of more advanced end of the spectrum, a lot of people who are just starting out. So you have to find a way to sort of combine everybody's experience so that everybody can get something out of the training. But that, apart from that, the most uh, challenging part of running my business is probably uh, this open source arm that we have, which is, it's interesting. So we, the reason we started the business is because we work on open source. So we, we wrote, uh, my partner and I, Ryan Florence, he lives in uh, Seattle, Washington, we wrote two years ago. We wrote this thing called a React Router, and it was when when people, you know, for the most part, weren't really using React. We wanted to have a router um, so that you could basically keep your UI in sync with whatever was in the URL. Um, so we made this project, and we started working on it. Started gaining some traction. Actually, just this last week, we crossed the magical twenty thousand GitHub stars barrier. So anyway, it's 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 kind of got awesome. a life of its own. It's going nuts, um, and when we saw how popular it was getting, we didn't want to, uh, we didn't want to let it just sort of take over our lives, like our, our mm-hmm. nights and our weekends. And cause that's a, that's a really easy way to burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, we also didn't want to just let it die and decay because you see a lot of that, you know, if you go on GitHub, you see a lot of open source work that's just not being maintained. And, um, because, you know, justify like the, the maintainers, the owners, they have jobs, they have mm-hmm. people they have to take care of. They don't, have time to just sit around all day and work on this open source. So we were thinking, okay, so, so how do we, how do we do this? How do, I mean, how do we make money doing open source essentially? Because we want to maintain this stuff. We want this stuff to be legit. So how do we, how do we do that? Um, and so the training business was really a result of, you know, us looking for a way to sustain the open source work mm-hmm. that we were doing. Uh, and did you guys start React Router together? Yeah, we did. I mean, it was just, well, so my, my partner, actually, Ryan, he, he, he landed the very first couple of commits. Mm. Um, and he was just like, it was, it was more just like, kind of like, what if, you yeah. know, um, he was working at a company called Instructure at a time, at the time there, uh, cause like a router at react is kind of like a not normal yes. way to do react. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I totally agree. In fact, our very first couple of versions that we wrote, um, uh, we were just kind of copycatting other people who were doing routing. So we, we, we had both come from Ember JS. We had done, done a lot of Ember. Um, and we were just kind of copying a lot of the architecture from routers that we knew because we didn't really know react very well. Um, this, uh, this most recent version that we've been working on now for about the past six months, um, I feel really gets into that 
kind of uh, in the, into the React component model, right? So mm-hmm. every single thing, you see a lot of people shipping libraries for React, a lot of people shipping open source code for React. Um, a lot of it actually doesn't have to anything to do with React. It's like, here, let me give you this purely sort of functional layer on top of React, and you can sort of stitch this stuff together yourself. Um, but when we ask ourselves, what does React give us? React gives us a component model. Mm-hmm. That's it. It gives us like these little bricks that we can use to build a, a big website. Um, so React Router version 4 that, we, like I said, we've been working on for the last couple of months, um, that's all we give you. We just give you components. Um, and so, you know, getting back to your you know, comment of, that's eh, not a really a normal way to do React. Well, now we are just normal React. Gotcha. So it, so it does feel a lot more like, um, like, yeah, you are just doing React, except now you have these components that make it really, really easy for you to say, um, you know, hey, I want to add a new page to my site. Mm-hmm. When the user clicks on slash company, I want to show this completely separate page. How would I do that in React? And when you start to ask yourself that kind of question, you think, well, I'm going to have to maintain some state somewhere. Yeah. Um, You know, somehow the URL changed, and so we need to show a completely different set of components than we were showing the last time. And that's all the router really is. Yeah. It's just a way for you to synchronize that stuff. Which makes total sense in, like, coming from anywhere else in the web. Like, that's, like, how stuff works. Uh, Absolutely. A lot of other frameworks have, you know, this is how we do routing, Angular Mm -hmm. and Ember do. So how's the, um, uh, as Drew was saying, like a lot of people are on the React train, like uh, it's the new hotness. Like how would you say React is like the ecosystem, especially for do- the community for doing and supporting like open source and stuff like this? Like, is it a very receptive uh, community? Like you hear a lot of people who who uh, are willing to jump to whichever ship like is is uh, in the lead, like if it's Angular or Ember or or React, would you say that this that react as an, as a culture, like as a community is better than or equal to those, or is it kind of too well, new to, to, too new to tell, or is that not a, well, so I, I can say from, from my personal experience, um, I have enjoyed participating in the react community probably more than any other hmm. developer community that I've been involved in in the past. Um, it seems like, you know, the people in the react community have not just, it's not just react that we're talking about when we talk about the the number of sort of innovations that have been become mainstream uh, as a result of, of react sort of rising to the top, we've also got um, Babel or transpiling or compiling your code in general, right. which is, you know, before, before react was really a thing. Uh, most people didn't really have a compile step in their build, right? You would write some JavaScript, write some CSS, whatever. Um, but you didn't really, com- you didn't really compile it. In fact, I remember I was working at Twitter in 2012 and we were still just putting script tags on the page. Like that's how you did it. Put a script tag, get jQuery. Maybe you would like concat a bunch of files together, but it wasn't really, you weren't really using ES6. Right. You didn't have a build along comes react and they, they put these like HTML tags in your, in your JavaScript, uh, the JSX. And all of a sudden you didn't really have a choice anymore. You had to, you had to have a build step. You had to have a compile step. Well, okay. Once we have a build step, that opens up a ton of possibilities, right? Now we can say, okay, well, instead of just compiling the JSX, how about we compile those arrow functions too? Oh, and how about we compile those, you know, ESX classes? And I mean, since I'm compiling anyway, I might as well compile all this stuff, right? So that's one of the things. Yeah, and one of the great things about that too, like you mentioned Babel, is that normally developers have to wait for the browsers to catch up to yes. the new uh, JavaScript specs, yes, right, the new ES specs. And if you use Babel... Uh, the open source community is way faster than yes. the browser manufacturers at implementing these new features. So you can take 
you can take advantage of these new features and it compiles it. You write the new features, all the new cool ways and easier ways to write JavaScript. And then it compiles it down and polyfills like all the old stuff. Exactly. I've written so many arrow functions. Yes. In an environment that I forgot I'm not allowed to. Yes. Yeah. It's the worst. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it, so, well, so that's one thing, right? That you, you were talking about the, the, the React community. That's one thing. The, another thing that's really come out of uh, being involved in the React community uh, is Webpack. Yeah, right. So, so Webpack, you could say, and, and I don't know if the, the, the maintainers of Webpack would agree with me, um, but it seems like you know Webpack was kind of popularized by the React community. Yeah. Uh, in particular, the very first way that I ever heard about Webpack was from a man named Pete Hunt, who was one of the core contributors of React. And he was like, he was he, he gave a talk where he wasn't even talking about React at all. He was just like, everybody, look at this, look at this build tool. You know, he was working on Instagram at the time. Um, Can you explain Webpack in yeah, ten seconds? Absolutely. So Webpack is uh, a tool. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> so Webpack is a tool that basically takes all of your uh, all of all of the dependencies in your in your website, whether they be JavaScript, CSS, HTML, images, uh, fonts, anything that you're serving to the browser, and figures out how to serve them in an efficient way. Right. So once you're building websites using React, um, the, the the next question is, okay, how do we deploy all this stuff? Right. It's one thing to write it and have it, you know, on my machine. It's another thing to figure out how to deploy all this stuff in an efficient way. Uh, and Webpack really answers that question. And, and, and again, that's something that was really made popular, I feel like, by the people in the React community who were like, okay, well, we've got a build step already. Um, what's a really good tool for doing that step? Do, are we going stitch to stitch all these, you know, are we going to stitch Babel together using a bunch of bash scripts and make files? Or are we going to have a kind of a higher level tool that actually understands some of these higher level concerns like long-term caching, code splitting, hot reloading, you know, all of that stuff comes out of using a tool like Webpack. Yeah, that's awesome. And to jump back on the previous train, the business train, yeah. um, you've done um, startups before uh, and now your, your company is a service like based yeah. company. What are like, I don't know, what are some of the differences you found in um, running the two types of companies? Yeah, so despite the fact that I now run a service-based business, I feel like the the sort of goal for me has always been to get back to a product-based business. So I actually had a product um, that I shipped in 2008 all by myself. It was called Shadowbox. Um, and Shadowbox was this kind of, it was, it was one of the very first light boxes or modals mm. for the web. Um, I, I remember, I still remember the very first original light box. Do you remember the first time you ever clicked right. on an image? Like do you, little, do you remember the one from like, Cable Sasser? Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Dude, I was, yeah, it, it was all around like 2008 yeah. was the time frame that they were all coming out. Um, and I, and I saw kind of this idea and I was like, what if I could take this, like make it, make, you know, go pro style. What if I can make this? What if I can make this awesome? And so instead of just showing images, I'm going to show like flash video. You can put a QuickTime video in there. You can put an iframe, put your whole website in a light box. You know, you can put whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And this thing was called Shadowbox. Anyway, the, the, the cool thing about Shadowbox was it was a product, right? So I could just put it up there and I could put a buy button on the website. And while I was sleeping, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and I would see, hey, 10 people bought this. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they were in you know, Vietnam and Japan and, you know, places yeah. that were on the other side of the world where the sun was up while I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that product 
uh, model is so beautiful because sounds great. It just keeps going. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm in this service model where if I'm not awake, I'm not really making money. Right. Yeah. If I'm not awake and working and, and I'm not making money. So, uh, I'm always wanted to get back to the product, uh, based business, but for now, this is what, this is what we got and this is what we're working on. So why teaching? Like what, what about you wanted to support your open source, yeah. uh, react router thing that you made. Why did you decide along with your partner, like we should train, yeah, we should get into teaching. Cause like, often people that- do support like, um, like a SaaS model for support, you pay us monthly and we support you for our open source thing. And yeah. Why that over teaching? Yeah. yeah. Why, why did you decide we should teach? We should train. We should. Well, we kind of, we kind of fell into it. You know, it kind of just happened naturally. So we were, like I said, we were supporting the router. We were both working full time jobs, uh, supporting the router on nights and weekends. And we had a client. So it was Visa. That's our very first client. I've never heard of that. Yeah. yeah what you do might. They, they do? They're like a little They give you these little cards and you just location. swipe them and people give you stuff for free. It's amazing. It's like Plasso. <laughs> and, uh, and they were our first client and, and, and he, he basically came to us and he said, he said, Hey guys, we will give you, uh, it was enough money basically to, we will give you a lot of money to pay, to pay our salaries for, for a month. But they, they found you through react router. Through, exactly. Through the open source work that we were doing in the training that they wanted was for react router. Yes. Okay. They said, you come to our place, you guys, we, you know, we're trying to use react. We can see that you guys are the authors of the most popular third party react library out there. Um, why don't you come and train our people mm-hmm. on it? We'll give you this much money, which I, again, I said was one month. Um, and so then the choice for us was training for a full month. No, no, it oh. was going to be, it was going to be a training. Uh, it was going to be a, uh, it was actually a, a three day workshop, oh, I okay. remember, which kind of blew my mind. Right. Yeah, Cause right. I was thinking, okay, so I can make them three days, but I'd normally make it a month, but oh wow. that's, you know, yeah. that's something else. But, um, so anyway, at that point we had the decision to say, okay, do we just jump ship and go and do this thing for visa. And, and I remember too, they wanted like some consulting as well. And so we were like, unsure whether we should do all that. Uh, but at the end I said, look, we have one month to find somebody who can, you know, somebody else who can hire us. Mm-hmm. So let's go and do this visa thing. Mm-hmm. And then let's, let's work like crazy for the next three weeks and try and find, you know, somebody who can pay us for the next month. And then during that time, right. find somebody who can pay. And that's kind of how it, uh, that's kind of how it started. So, Again, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a conscious decision. Like I want to be a trainer. I'm, I've always enjoyed teacher. teaching. Yeah. I've always enjoyed uh, you know conference talks, etc. But it was kind of something that just sort of happened yeah, naturally. It probably wouldn't have happened if you didn't have that exactly side of your personality. Anyway, like I don't think I think I feel like teaching is hard. I feel like teaching yeah. is very difficult and training. Uh, you know, like you're saying, you you you've got people from every end of the spectrum, and yeah. I feel like you have to be the right sort of person to to really succeed succeed in that and to like get satisfaction out of that not and i don't know if you would say that like you you say you still want to go back to being a product business at some point um and i don't know if that i doubt you would say that you you like aren't satisfied by uh doing this work like doing the service but i would venture to guess that not everybody would be like i think it'd be extremely difficult to not only uh to teach, but then to sustain this sort of a business. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just dream of going back to products because I'm lazy <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and it's easier to make money on, on, you know, I, I at least I, I keep having that vision of, you know, that day, the days when I was, you know, using, doing shadow box and that was doing well. And, and like I said, I was making money while I was sleeping. So that, that model is attractive to me because for very little extra work, like you can just keep making sales. And you got the taste of it. 
yeah, exactly. in your mouth and you're like, oh my gosh, I want this back so badly because exactly. it's so easy. Like the yeah. money just like flows in. So yeah. you were obviously able to then in those three weeks find somebody else yep. to then pay it and just being kind of... It's kind of snowballed. Yeah, last week, or sorry, last last year, uh, I counted them up. We did 38 workshops Wow! over the course of 12 months. So we were on a plane somewhere three weeks out of four, pretty Man. much. Um, and so we were, yeah, we were, we were working pretty hard last that year. That doesn't sound like a lazy person. <laughs> no, th- this, this year we're actually trying to, um, because there's also a, a good online market for, you know, videos and things like that. Yeah. Um, so we're actually trying to spin up more of our kind of online sort of video offering, which, you know, be, doing a live in-person workshop, I think is always going to have its place. It's always going to be valuable. Um, but you know, there's also a place for people who want to just, you know, sort of go at their own pace, buy a subscription to a set of videos and sort of learn that way. So we're going to, we're going to be offering that and that's going to be sort of our first, uh, kind of, you know, automated product that you mm-hmm. can just sort of buy and, and take at your own pace. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of shifting gears, um, you were in the startup world up in San Francisco for years and years and years. Oh yeah. And now you're in the startup world in San Diego. Totally. For not years and years and years. The rest of my life. Yeah. But um, I don't know, like, you're somewhat of a newcomer. Um, What's your take on it down here? Yeah, so I, you know, so I was in, I was in San Francisco, just to be clear, I was in, I was there from 2010 to 2016. So I was there, but I was up there for six years. I spent some time in two different startups. Uh, One was Path. Uh, the other one, uh, so Path was like a social network for your iPhone. I was one of the original engineers there. Uh, the other one was Lux. Uh, Lux was uh, kind of a push button on your phone for a, you get a valet wherever you are. And then I spent a couple of years at Twitter as well. Um, so that was kind of my San Francisco uh, startup experience. I also, for a while, tried my own startup, participated in Y Combinator, got some funding. Um, they're the guys who run Hacker News uh, Anyway, come here. The guys who run Hacker News, <laughs> <laughs> and and yes, they're the guys I mean, who are responsible much, right? for ten percent of all like Series A rounds in the U.S. <laughs> and also Hacker News. Yeah, that, that's that's. You say Y Combinator, and you'd be surprised how many people are like, "What? what YC? Oh, what, what do they do? Oh, they run Hacker News. Oh, yeah, the guys. Oh, yeah, okay, I got it. They yeah. guys who run Hacker News. That's what was your? That's unfortunate because Hacker News is like this horrible place. <laughs> people, I guess, don't really dig in to find out like who's behind it or what they do. They just, that's where I get my tech news, you know? Um, So what was your, what was your app? What was your company? uh, So my company was called Hum. We participated in the Y Combinator summer 2013 batch. Um, They gave us a hundred K. We were basically trying to build Slack before Slack was Slack. Slack was a thing. Um, it, It was just, we ended up, we just, Looking back, I, I think we just ended up biting off more than we could chew. Hmm. You know, I mean, to, to build a real chat product that has, you know, um, that's going to make any sort of meaningful impact on your work life, I think is a very significant undertaking. Uh, and being one developer, one designer at the time, I think we just didn't have, um, you know, the experience or the muscle or the time really to be able to pull it off. Yeah. Uh, y Combinator gives you three months from start to finish. So you take that investment. Three months later, you're supposed to be up on the stage. So you guys hadn't started anything before. No, it was it was just an idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had we had sort of prototyped some things before, um, and it was my understanding when we got into Y Combinator that Y Combinator was going to be this place where you would sort of, um, 
you know, it was, it was this place where your idea could sort of grow and flourish and develop and, and, you know, that demo day was actually just demo day. You would get up there and you would sort of do a little demo of something that you thought was going to be interesting. Um, maybe that's how Y Combinator was in the, in the early days. Like maybe that's how it started out. But nowadays, if you're in Y Combinator, um, you better be prepared to like really pitch some VCs pretty hard on demo day because that's, that's what it is. Mm. It's, you get up there on stage, um, you pitch it, you better have some graphs that are going up and to the right. Um, and, and it better be, it better look like a real great investment opportunity um, because that's who's in the audience is yeah. a bunch of investors. In, in three months. In three months. Yeah. yeah that's and, and I mean, a lot of people, <laughs> you know, you, it's funny because you see some companies will get up there on stage at, at demo day and, you know, they'll, they'll have a graph that's going up and to the right, but the, the axes aren't labeled. Right? <laughs> you know, so you're, you're like, what exactly are we looking at here? Oh, just don't worry about it. It's a, it's a successful company. You, you want to invest in it. Did you, you know? watch a lot of those uh, demos? I mean, yeah, I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of, um, you know, I saw a lot of, of companies get up on the stage and, and even get investment after demo day who I didn't think uh, really had anything mm-hmm. to show. You know, I think you, you have a lot of investors showing up at a, a, an event like Y Combinator demo day who are people who are not plugged in at all to the scene. And they're just like, mm. yeah, I have a couple hundred, you know, million dollars and I'm not sure exactly what to spend it on. Uh, seems like if I put it in, you know, if I put 50 K in 10 different companies or hundred K or whatever, uh, one of them should pan out and I'll make some money. And that, and that's one way to do your investing. Right. Um, I don't want to slam the whole program because I think there are a lot of people who show up at Y Combinator demo day who are very informed, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're plugged in, they've got their ear to the ground. They know, um, you know, technology, they know where technology is going, where they feel, you know, the types of companies that they want to invest in. They, they take their time with the founders, they do their due diligence, et cetera. But th- so there's all kinds of people at a, at a situation like that. Um, but anyway, the, I think your original question was you wanted me to get back to talking about, you know, Carlsbad, you know, yeah. how does, how does, you know, San Francisco compare with the, the scene down here locally? Um, so, so the whole reason for the move down here, uh, after going through that whole sort of, uh, uh, you know, those six years that I spent up in the Bay, uh, was really just for quality of life mm-hmm. reasons. You know, it, you get to a certain point in life. I've got four kids, mm-hmm. I've got a wife. Um, you get to a point in life where you think, okay, um, you know, this, this work life balance that people talk about, um, I, I think is kind of in, it's kind of an illusion. I, I don't think, because when you say work life balance, that implies that there's some sort of divide. It um, implies that work is Drew's on life. talked about this but several times. It, like, he's your life is, is, your life is happening when you're at work. Exactly. I was at, I was at Disneyland <laughs> yesterday. My, my wife, you know, went to the, you know, she went to take one of the kids to the bathroom. So we had some downtime, 10 minutes, whatever. And uh, my partner, uh, you know, my business partner messaged me on the phone and said, hey, can, do you have time? I, I hate to bother you while you're at Disneyland, but we have to talk about this right now. And that was my life. That was my life. My, my life was happening. Right. So I hopped on a phone call with him real quick. Three minutes, we talked. We had the fast pass. We went and got on the next ride. Like, it's, it's not a big deal, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, the, word, you, the word balance is the thing that I think is th- throws the whole thing off. Because that implies yeah. that there's a fulcrum in the middle and these things are on opposite and, sides. Yeah, it, yes. it implies right? that work is not life. Yeah, that's what, that's what but, I mean. Like, like it implies that is your life. you said there's a there's yeah. a schism there. There's yeah, a, and you're there for like split. If, you're, if you're doing like a normal nine to five, you're there for however many hours that is eight hours, nine hours. You're there for eight hours 
a day of your waking hours. It's like most of your waking hours. So most of your life is spent at work. And that is not work. That is life. You st- You're you working still, at that point. You, still ha- you have to figure out how to juggle them. Yes. There are things that exist that are independent of in work that are independent of Unless life you work from home. Are, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you have to figure out how to deal no. with yeah. it. Yeah, and how to feel like you're you're giving time to your kids and giving time to your exactly. project, and you have you have to juggle them. But I think yeah, there's. I'm not going to I'm not going to bring my five year old in and start explaining to her the details of Webpack. Like yeah. she just doesn't care. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next like, year. At the, yeah. At this point, she, wait till she's six. Wait so, till yeah. she sees React Router five point oh. That's uh, <laughs> so. So yeah, they're separate things, right? They're 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 separate sort of conceptually, but but they're all happening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you you have to be sort of flexible enough to say, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some work. Okay, now I'm not. I'm gonna spend some time with the family or whatever, and get back to do some more work later. Um, so anyway, that I guess that was kind of the main uh, catalyst for me deciding to move down here because I mm-hmm. thought, where's a place when where where, where else can I have um, that kind of life, that kind of work? Where else can I do meaningful work and have the kind of life at the same time that I really want to live? And I just decided that San Francisco Bay Area for me was not it. I I, I did not enjoy the long trips uh, into the city. If you're going to try and live in the city, uh, it's it's prohibitively expensive, as anybody mm-hmm. knows who who lives there. Um, so we were actually living outside the city. We were living in, in a suburb of San Francisco. Um, and at that point, you're not really getting any of the benefits of living in the city, which, mm-hmm. you know, has kind of got the cool scene. Uh, so every day you're hopping on a train or whatever, getting into the city. I just decided that for me was was not it. I wanted to uh, be in a place where, you know, I could I could make it somewhere fun right now. You know, we 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 can make it out to the beach in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I have before I've I've many times, actually, in just the nine months that we've lived here. Um, you know, I'll hear my wife getting the kids ready to go out to the beach and I said, you know what? Screw it. And I close the laptop and I just hop in the car and I'm there at the beach 15 minutes later. Yeah. Because I chose to take that afternoon yeah. and to spend some time with the kids. So, and, know, and there's so much, there's like so much stuff around here for families is cool. And like, if you're like one of the cool things um, about down here is it's like you mentioned, it's still kind of undiscovered in the sense of um, yeah. if you were to hop on, say the commuter train here, the public transit that goes up and down the coast, like literally right on the beach and you were to go from, Carlsbad to San Diego. If you do it in the afternoon, you'll be one of like the seven people on the entire train. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. like there's not like a ton of people, and so that's like super cool. Because they're all on the five. Yeah, they're all on the five. They're on their car. Yeah. So I know there's a lot. There's a lot here, and like when you hear about lifestyle, it's better for lifestyle. It's like, what does that even really mean? Well, it's like it affects like everything. You just have like such a better outlook when it's well. Recently, it hasn't been, but when it's always sunny out and there's always something going on, there's always like there's a lot of nature here too. And I know like in northern San Francisco up in um you know above Sausalito and Marin yeah, County there's, there's there. a lot Mirror of cool woods st- yeah there's a lot of cool stuff up there. Um but often it's the weather makes it like very difficult to exist inside of the outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's so true. Like people don't think about that but it's real. Like when you live there yeah. when you live in the Pacific Northwest everyone up there loves the outdoors because they can never be in it. <laughs> like because it's always so cold and rainy or snowing or something and there's like a couple months out of the year where you can actually go in the outdoors so. I, I still remember driving out to uh driving out to muir woods we were living in walnut creek at the time muir woods is one of these places that you're talking about right it's on yep. the northern peninsula it's very beautiful green some of the most beautiful uh, you know large redwoods that you've ever seen we drove out there one day it took about an hour and a half to get out there from walnut creek 
we finally get there. Finally, we had to like battle people for parking spots, like tooth and nail. You had to like, park like miles, literally miles <laughs> down the road if it's a crowded day. Yeah. yeah. So, so we finally got a spot and I'm finally like, yes, I'm, I'm being a good dad today. You know, I'm taking my kids. We're going to Muir Woods. We're going to see like hundred year old trees. It's going to be amazing. We're walking down the park or walking down the path. And, and my son, he's so excited to be out of the car that he starts running down this rocky path. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, this, this, this can't end well. And he's racing his brother, right? So naturally, one of them trips. He falls, hits his head on a rock. Oh, damn. Comes back to me, and he's like gushing blood from his forehead. And I, you know, I'm, I don't have a you know, first aid kit on me. So I'm yeah. like, uh, you know, I grab some napkins or whatever from the car. And, but it's, it's clearly going to need stitches. So I said, well, I guess that's our trip to the uh, <laughs> we did it. trip to the woods. <laughs> so we Nature. Just, so we packed everybody right back up and uh, and and headed back. But you know, anyway, not, not that that's what happens all the time. Yeah, 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 it is. That's what you get. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Like the access to like that kind of stuff is you know somewhat limited. Exactly. There. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's cool down here. But from the startup scene perspective, um, there's a lot of growth to happen. But it's kind of cool because at the moment. If you are in it, you are a pioneer. Yeah, absolutely. No, I would. I would agree. I mean, the the meetup group that we you know that we've got going, Shape, um, which by the way, if you haven't checked that out, it's pretty cool. Check that out, Shape dot group. Yeah. Um. It's it's kind of this. Uh, it feels very raw mm-hmm. right now. It feels like it feels very much like early days, um, which is awesome. I, I I have hopes that in a couple of years, you know, maybe even by the end of this year, that that thing will be, you know really a place where people, cause there are a lot of business people down here. There are a lot of people yeah. doing interesting things down here. We've mm-hmm. got, you know, people doing film, people doing, you know, design, obviously people writing code, um, people doing video games. So like people making all sorts of really, really cool stuff down here in the North County area who have made that decision to, you know, be down here because they want to have that kind of a life. All right. Yep. So if you could pull those people together um, and actually have some dedicated time where we can learn from each other, um, you know, just share stories and ideas. Um, I think that would be epic, yeah. which is why I'm excited and, about it. And what's and it's so early days that if y'all are looking behind me, you see all this, this cool space that we're in Common Grounds, this is the first of its kind in North County. Like, this didn't exist before. So they've tried that, it before, haven't they? I feel like there was another, days. there was one that started to go, or there was, like, plans to be one. Make? Maybe I'm thinking of Make. Yeah, Make. That never became a co-working space. No, though. it was never intended to be. It was intended to have like a Google or a Facebook move in, but that hasn't happened yet. Mm. And it's still mostly empty. And there's going to be another Common Grounds. Yeah, in, in San Marcos. San Marcos, which is And in downtown far. as well. They're working on both those. But yeah, no, it's cool because like it really is, like I said, early days, getting in early. And uh, I don't know. It's it's really easy to make an impact right now. Um, and because everyone wants it to happen. Yeah, so I'm excited about it. But uh, that's all the time we got for this show. We will see you next time. Thanks for sticking with us. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for hanging with us. That was great. Thanks for having me in here. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll see you all later. See you guys. Peace. Peace.